scrumptious victory for Hearts as we channel Big Dick Van Dyke energy to defeat the evil barons from Glasgow. Hello and welcome. Um, I am your host for this week, Simon, as Nick Jarvis is on holiday in Benidorm. I am joined by the usual, Cameron, Paddy and Hammy. Um, it's a good week to be a Hearts fan, to be honest. I think we've all had a, a good couple of days. Everyone here who was applicable to go to the game was at the Celtic game. Anyone got any thoughts on how it felt being back at a proper league game at Tynecastle? It was brilliant. Genuinely brilliant. It was so good. And it did not feel like... Uh... There was only 5,000 folk there, so it's oh, good, can't it. wait. Shook at how loud it was, actually. Yeah, no, I, that's that's it as well. There's a, certainly a great atmosphere, especially when we went 1-0 up so early as well. It just Aye, my brilliant. throat, My throat was uh, sore. A full season of games like that, I'm not going to survive. <laughs> Don't worry, it can only go downhill for you, remember. And um, are we thinking that's the, that's the last sort of balloted home game that we'll have? Um, well, I was funnily enough, I was just watching the news there earlier because there's a big announcement tomorrow, and um, it seems to be looking good. It seems to be, I think, there's still going to be some restrictions with uh, masks and track and trace, but I think it's just sort of they're still not sure if there's still going to be one meter. But listen, at the end of the day, there's 5,000 in there, and I think I could count on one hand how many masks were getting made, worn sorry, in the stands and things. And if you're going to let 5,000 in, I don't think another few thousand. Even if it's up to 10,000, that's majority of your season ticket holders. So. Yeah. I was a. I, I, I mean, I'm all for keeping yourself safe and, and doing whatever you want. But of course. I think wearing a mask in a stand outside outdoors is. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's I don't it's overkill, but do, do what makes you feel safe. Of course. Um, cool. So we'll move on to the news. Um, sort of moving on for the the ticket and sort of situation. Cameron, ballot issues. Um, I, I don't understand. I mean, there's multiple issues with Hearts ticketing. One being <laughs> that you can't find the ticket page from the website very easily. Honestly, the best point you've ever made. I've never thought about it, but the fact it that was, it's... in fairness, it wasn't mine. I'd seen it on Twitter, but. Um, so credit to whoever it was, but it is a very valid point. I found the same problem myself. You end up Googling Hearts tickets and having to scroll in about six <laughs> Google results before you actually get to the right page. And then you go in and, and you, the ballot was easy enough. And uh, But what I don't understand is we seem to be getting loyalty points for games. And I'm not complaining, but we seem to be getting loyalty points for games where we've already been given loyalty points for our season tickets. Um, Aye. A bit confused. <laughs> Aye, yeah. odd. There was a there was the issue I had with the ballots. Um, I sort of feel like we we had this conversation, but if you got to one game, you should maybe be second choice for the next games, just because we have 100%. been seeing seeing tweets of fans not not being able to actually get to one game yet, and then there's obviously fans who will have been at all three. So, oh, 100 percent. I mean, everybody's paid for the season ticket that's in that ballot, and they all deserve a chance to go to a game. So I'd say if it right. was another balloted game, I think. Everyone that didn't get one for the Celtic game should be priority for that um, the Aberdeen game. Aye, definitely. Um, and I know it's a bit um, a bit shite, but we did get to go Celtic, and I'm absolutely buzzing. So it, it worked for us, to be honest. But um, aye, it was it was great. It was great being back. I loved it. Um, now, Paddy, you'll be a bit gutted, but uh, Loic Demur has left for Le Mans. Good move for Hearts. 
<laughs> that'll, that'll free up eight grand in wages. <laughs> now, I'm wondering, I've not really seen many details about the move. Do you think we're actually having to pay for him to leave? Probably. He's, so, he, he's too used to that money now. What I read, right, uh, so we're saving 100 grand in wages, apparently. Now, they're a part-time third division team. They're paying like the bare minimum, and we're having to pay the rest of his wages. Now, if you're saving a hundred grand a week, you sort of do the maths and all that. It's fucking <laughs> frightening. <laughs> yeah. So I seen that we were saving a hundred grand, and I thought that surely can't be what he's on. So basically, we're just taking a hundred grand a year off what we're paying him, and Lamont are covering that. <laughs> it's just. So even it... if that's what twenty-five percent of his wage, I we're still it's... selling it a fair bit. Aye, um, well, I guess you got to look at. He's off the club now. He's gonna. He's not. He's. Um, I don't know how what you call it. He's not taking his last year, so he's getting released after the end of the season. So that is the last we'll see of him, unless okay. he gets injured and comes back for treatment at Hearts, which he probably <laughs> fucking would. Um, so that should be the last we see of him, and I guess you just got to look forward now. Um, he's gonna try and re. Jiggy's career in the third tier of France to do something and fit his football career. What an absolute joke. Got to be the worst signing Hearts have ever made. Well, one of. <laughs> one there's off. a few up there. <laughs> I think I think there's worse ones in terms of like the amount of money we've paid, but then the performances which we did get out of Demur, I really, and there probably is a few, I really don't remember one good performance from him. Yeah, there's, I think it, he barely played as well, so it was really hard to even judge from, from what I saw anyway. He wasn't good enough for this level, and whoever thought of giving him a four-year deal, it's just... Well, at least at least some of the boys last season, you had casted in three. Couldn't have cost us that much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so good good news that all the people who sort of made those dealers with Lamore, Castanier, Freer uh, are all gone. And moving on to the next point, we actually fucking signed a player who looks all right, he's young, and it's a contract that fits the age. So I'm going to attempt it here. Benny Beningami? How, how are we feeling about that? That's a fair effort, that. You think that's yeah, all right? I'll probably stick to Benny myself. <laughs> it, is, it is much easier. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think he's the right age profile, um, the right contract length. It seems like it's a good signing after one performance. Obviously, we're all going to get quite excited about how good he is uh, later, but I'm thinking he's in Golo County light. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. He, um, he's that type of player, isn't he? He really is. I'm wondering if that, that 100 grand we're saving on Demur is going to be going to part of his wages, because I know from sources at Everton that he was on 400,000 a year there, which is nearly pretty much eight grand a week. So You've got not, sources at Everton? Well, I have an Everton fan that knows how much he <laughs> was on. Cameron, I'm pretty sure that Everton fan is actually, you email him and he works for Everton, doesn't he? He works in the club shop. Aye. Aye. The Hearts club shop, though. <laughs> but, um, nah, I think he looked absolutely fucking brilliant. And uh, that sort of building on that, with, with Cochrane coming in, and we've, we've seen him three or four times now, and he looks actually quite decent. He looks pretty consistent, at least. He's not made any mistakes. Um, maybe not getting the credit that he deserves because he's he's in a position that isn't one of the glory positions. But um, is 
are we starting to sort of trust this new recruitment team? Um, early signs are good. I, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's early signs. I mean, I'd sit hard back to remember seeing Castanier playing one game and going, he looks quite good, and we know how that turned out. But Benny, he let you go man of the match, so he's obviously pretty decent. And like you said, Cochran's looked fine. I've yeah, got good. to imagine. I've got to imagine that the plan on Saturday night was that he was he was going to play an hour, and that he played himself almost into the game to the point that. Nielsen couldn't take him off because I can't imagine you ever going with the plan at the boys starting and playing ninety minutes. No, Nielsen yeah. said in the the pre match that um, they're going to get to an hour and see where he's at. So that probably was the plan. It usually is a plan when a new player comes, no matter where they're at, give them an hour, see where they're at. Um, but I, I, though, I always seen. Um, I think it was Haddon warming up, and then Aaron McInef warming up, and then Finley Pollock warming up. And every time I seen one of them come down to warm up, I thought, well, they must be bringing him off now, because it looked like he was blowing. And then the game would start again and he'd just be smashing everyone and intercepting everyone. And you're right, when he is playing like that, you can't take him off. I'm I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen, but at the game, I'm sure Finlay Pollock was stripped and ready to come on just before we scored the second. Um, so I'm assuming we scored the second, they went, no, let's keep it tight. Let's see, he's doing a yeah. job in there. Let's um, let's go for it. So, yeah, a great debut. We still need, I still feel we need players. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And, but... On the basis, if we can sign players of that calibre, then yeah, let them let them have free reign with whatever money they want. Aye, so so trust maybe building with with the players that are offloading as well. So getting like rid of Demur, obviously, and then what was it? Eleven players you said last week have left. Yep, or, or moved on. So Naismith and Demur's wages both freed up this year. Two good players in, looking like good players, right age profile. I know we complained there was a loan about Cochrane, but maybe if that's all they could get. And, uh, and he wasn't like the, the, it was all or nothing then. Just take the loan and see where we're at. So is our, uh, just to kind of, you know, tense with the test where he's at, um, the worry being now depth rather than first team? Is that For where me, centre-back. I think we need at least one more centre-back. And John Suter, as amazing as he played at the weekend, is still far too injury-prone for my liking. It's depth for me. We're going to get injuries and we're going to get suspensions and you know, you sort of look at the bench and it's very, very light. Like we had Finley Pollock, Connor Smith, and and Ewan Henderson, who could have he was breaking into the first team, but that's a couple of young players that have really never played. And then McInef, which I don't know what's going on with him, and Nandwile is again still like to see a wee bit more for him. So I just think the bench is a bit light there. Do, do you think one... we maybe need another winger as well? I I know I, we've had about I, five million in the last year. Yeah. But... We well, there's a guy, we're, we're a player who quite obviously wasn't on the bench on Saturday who could potentially play on the wing. Like Jimmy Walker was not part of the squad. Yeah, I keep forgetting about him. That was bad, but <laughs> we'll come to it. We'll come to it. <laughs> but so no, I... sorry, Paddy, what you say? Like again, if Garam Kai Stephen or Ginelli does get injured, you're looking at Jimmy Walker or Jordan Roberts, and again, it's not great there. Two players with really good records when it comes to injuries. Gary <laughs> Mackay, Stephen and Josh Ginelli. Yeah, exactly. So I do think there's a few more players we need. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I think a winger and a centre-back potentially to, to to fight the starting positions, but can he see GMS and Ginelli being dropped anytime yeah. soon? So from one reasonable team making reasonable decision to another reasonable team, let's go to Out of Context, Jambo's kickback with our man Hammy. Thank you. 
Ach, away and don't talk a lot of shame. So, I took a wander across the road to Jambo's Kickback and found out what the good men of hearts were talking about. Celtic fans, they were on the agenda today. So it starts off, sadly, no surprise, that a coachload of Green Brigade Celtic fans scum turned up in Gorg and kicked off police response too slow. But surely this could have been anticipated. I don't know. Only one scumbag arrested that could see, but they really are Scotland's shame. Scummiest fans in the world, another guy says, would love us to ban them and their evil twins from Govan from Tiny. Another one says, where were the fist when we needed them? That means the Gorgie fist. They're a bunch of fighters, apparently. Anyway, <laughs> bunch of wee fanny sent home after a leathering of the polis. This day has started just fine. That was at 25 past seven. Um, boo! Missed opportunity by the police dog unit. Bare legs, sharp teeth, tick filth, waiting, writhing in pain on the pavement. Top viewing, that would have been a bit heavy. I'm glad to hear that they got their arses handed to them. They're all fart and nay tolly, another man says, and I quite like that saying. <laughs> no. They, <laughs> they, are pure, they are pure scum. Shame their little trip had zero impact. Waste of a train fare through to embarrass yourselves and get battered off a few hearts, daz. Quite right. Um, this one is uh, quite eloquent. Group of yobs descended on lower section R of the main stand last night, intent only on hurling abuse at the Celtic subjects, etc., seated in the adjacent area, constantly standing, swearing, and generally intimidating the other Hearts fans, including females, kids, and elderly fans in the same section. The Celtic people studiously ignored them. After protracted intervention by stewards, including females that effectively blocked our view, several were eventually and belatedly huckled away. Like others, I'd love to see a sell at Tynecastle and limit the attendance of the old firm supporters, but let's not kid ourselves that this would leave Tynecastle scum free. Another one replied to that saying, maybe football isn't for you. I was about to say, that's, that's <laughs> essentially what you do. You give the other team abuse. There's obviously a line. There's a line as there, as there always is. Of course. But, but what are they talking about? It's good to see kickback focusing on the actual game. <laughs> well, if you if you listen, you couldn't see the game because the stewards. Um, another one says, "Let all the clubs have the whole end. Let all other clubs, sorry, have the whole end until Celtic and Rangers they can have one thousand seats because they're both smelly backward bastards." <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine we gave Saint Mirren the whole end. <laughs> <laughs> we do give we do give a lot of teams the whole end, and there's literally about eighteen of them. So I think we only give. I think there's only three teams that get the whole end. I think the rest of them get half. It, really we what he's saying is give Hibs it. That's the, that's the only other team you're going to give the full stand and going to sell it is Hibs. Yeah. Um, and um, I think this, I'll finish this, I think it really sums up how um, the Hearts fans were uh, thinking about the Celtic fans. Um, they are bigoted sectarian bastards who are still living in the 17th century and are and always have been Scotland's shame. There you go. The, uh, so the Celtic fans weren't um, looked upon very highly in Gorgie. It was a bit... I arrived just after they had started scrapping on McLeod Street, so I missed You can be arsed, they grow up. Uh, you're coming all the way through a game that you're not even allowed in just to cause trouble. I didn't get it. You know, the problem is, a lot of them won't even have had to come through because they probably live here. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, Aye. That's, that's Aye. The, sad and, the sad thing about it. Yep. Aye, that is true. Right. Now, had on to your pants, boys. Let's get into this game. <laughs> Hearts 2, Celtic 1, 
the first loss of Celtic's opening game of the season for 24 years. So we were six year old the last time they lost. So pretty decent for a newly promoted team that we all think is shite. <laughs> changing my opinion every every minute I see them, I'm changing my opinion. Um, it was two one Hearts. I uh, GMS and Suter on the goal seat, the goal on the goals for Hearts. Uh, Ralston um, scoring for Celtic. We had twenty six percent possession to Celtic seventy four. We had eleven shots on goal, four on target, nineteen for Celtic, seven on target. So, despite them having three times the amount of possession as us, they really didn't have that many more chances. Um, let's get into it. There's a, a, a special mentions for me from uh, for three players, for Gordon, Suter and Benny. Um, but Cameron, you wanted to talk about Craig Gordon and his performance. I thought he was outstanding. And, and do you know what kind of really caught that? I think the bit that sticks in your mind are those two saves right at the end of the game where he... Yeah, Played a blinder right at the death because you know pretty much any other keeper in the league and, and you're conceding there and it's it's two all and it's it's an okay result but we feel like we've lost because it's so late on. To keep the focus at that point, I think is is the most impressive part because as much as Celtic had a lot of the ball, I don't think it's especially in the second half that it felt like he was that busy. No. Um, certainly leading up to the, the those two saves. And he pulls off a, a great one-on-one where you think this is in the back of the net. I mean, we were behind that end. And then the second one, I'd argue, is the even better save because he's at, like, full stretch across to the other side and he's managed to get something on it and put it away. And it, it's, it must be painful, incredibly painful for the Celtic top brass sitting there watching the keeper that they could have had, who they already had, and they let go playing while they have to start Scott Bain, who is supposedly their backup in goals and flapped for uh, our second goal. But you'll get was, to that. I was going to say that Suter's, uh, Suter's goal was pretty much a similar opportunity for the similar part of the park as um, as the, the final Craig Gordon save. So it, it really was almost like a, a mirror image of the of what they should be having and what they do have. And I fuck them. Like, honestly, fuck them. If they're <laughs> going to release a player like Craig Gordon and just let him ha- come back for free, whether... They couldn't guarantee in the first few minutes. Don't know why they would. Whether they're going to be give a pay cut. Don't know why they would. And then shell out five mil on a new keeper. I don't think I've really ever seen play very much. More full of them. Couldn't care less. But I agree. Those saves are as important as a goal. Both of them are essentially a goal. They keep it at 2-1 instead of 2 all. So I completely agree. Craig Gordon was absolutely phenomenal and, and the concentration was amazing. Um, Paddy, your favourite man, John Suter, had an absolute stormer of a game. What it, do you think? Um, I think he just showed that he's one of the best centre backs in the top flight in Scotland. I think, and imagine he'd kept fit. I mean, we'd have sold him by now, but I just imagine <laughs> that he'd kept fit. I know this is there's always a blessing when, when it's the same with Benny when he came in with that, an injury history. There's there's a reason these players are still at Hearts um, when they're playing at such a level, but. I can't see John Suter being at Hearts very much longer if he, he keeps that up throughout the season. He was yeah. absolutely immense. He started the, the move for the first goal. He, uh, it was Benny, sort of gave the ball away, a bit of a crap pass to him though. And then Suter just cut out a wee one-two and then it was through to Ginelli and they were on the front foot. So not only was he, he, he catching Forrest in behind, intercepting passes for supposedly the best playmakers in Scotland and just, just completely bossing it. I thought he was phenomenal. 
Now let's get on to easily the best centre mid in Scottish football right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try and say his full name again because he completely he deserves it. Benny Beningame. Oh, I thought you were going to say Andy Halliday. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Um, he absolutely tackled everyone. I've got a stat here that he won the ball back 11 times through tackling an interception. Had the second most interceptions in the game. It just looked like he never stopped running. I've seen a wee bit of criticism on the, on Twitter and that. Absolutely fucking nuts. <laughs> I he won man of the match, for fuck's sake. He was brilliant. Like, he had a, a bit of a a slow sort of first 15, but he arrived in Edinburgh on Thursday. Right? He probably doesn't ken half the players' names like, off by heart yet. Like He's going to take a wee bit, and then after that, he was just brilliant. So Also, those first 20 minutes, the beginning of the game, we played completely up the other end of the pitch. Yeah. I remember that he's sitting kind of holding. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he wasn't as in the game as he necessarily was later on. And I think we also need to remember that he was playing in a two-man midfield against a three-man midfield for Celtic. So you're going to be times where it looks like you're out of position because you're you're often covering two bodies and you're you're having to do more. But as soon as he settled, he was easily the best player on the pitch. Um, aye, he looked great. Like like you say, once he gets his touch in a bit a bit more composed, his fitness his fitness needs to get better. He played ninety minutes, which I don't know how, but he. Between like breaks and play, he was blowing his arse, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic, and he seems like a good guy. That photo of him holding the <laughs> champagne—how can you not love that face? <laughs> he looks so innocent, man. But I thought he was great. Um, like everyone else, with with all these games, you have to get a bit lucky and you have to play play the best you can, and and also rely on luck. So congratulations to Hearts, the best team in Scotland at the weekend, <laughs> and moving forward. So we'll go into a bit more depth of the actual game now now that we've highlighted all the players that we love. Um and pretty much for the for the off, GMS was in. Go. Eight minutes in, Hammy. Aye. I mean you touched on it there. Suter and Benny sort of nearly lose the ball at very much the halfway line and sort of wins it back. And you know, if you think if it doesn't, you know, Celtic are then going on the attack. But you got it back, um plays a great ball down the wing to, and that's something that Suter's got in his locker. He's able to run forward. He's good with the ball at his feet. He's good at passing. It's a great ball down to Ginelli who, who does good work, beats the fullback, plays it into Boyce. Boyce sort of gets it stuck under his feet a wee bit and manages to, actually after watching it again, because we were saying at the game, Boyce got the assist, but I don't know. I think the Celtic player actually hits it. Looks like it's a near beat on tackle, isn't aye, it? Aye, hits it in and, GMS is in the right place at the right time, but again we said at the game there was there was three players like um, ready to hit that ball in Cochrane, Halliday, and GMS. So if it didn't fought him, it was going in. The Celtic defence were all over the place. Um, there was six Hearts players in the box, and going from our formation, you had the two wing backs, the three boys up front, and Andy Halliday just attacking, 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 which is great to see. Um, Oh God, Celtic! They just—they were all over the place. That was the worst. We had we had a look at Hammy, didn't we? The, the right the right back ends up at the penalty spot with no one to his right. It's absolute schoolboy stuff. What is he doing? Yeah. But you know, overloading the box, great wing play for Hearts, getting the ball in. Um, it was good. Like I said Janelli's—he's—I uh, wouldn't say he's not been bad. He's been a bit quieter, but. Um, He's still dangerous. There's, there's speed and he's able to beat a man, which is something we've not seen for a long time, which is good. So it was good play for, for Suter Ginelli. And then 
um, boys holding it up, managing to sort of keep hold, keep that ball in the danger area without losing it and then getting out to GMS, who finished well. You know, didn't they try anything fancy? Just smashed it in the back of the net. Aye. Uh, obviously, we went nuts. Um, can't <laughs> really mind it. It was right in front of us because we were in the Roseburn again. Um, but I just what a great way to start a game. But then the Hearts sort of did what, Makes sense now that the game is over, but at the time you kind of wanted them to, to step up a wee bit. Sort of for the whole of the second half, we'd, we'd counter a wee bit. We had a few chances, but nothing really. Um, and a lot of Celtic on the ball and pushing us pushing us back. I'm trying to think if there was really any chances in, in that first half that I, I remember. I think Boyce maybe had a header. Boyce had a header that went over. Mikey um, Smith at the end of the half should have probably done a bit better and got a shot on target. Aye, there was a couple of... Really half chances, wasn't anything really clear cut. Both both keepers sort of had standard saves to make. Yeah. So then we went into the second half and um, there's a lot more talking points from here. Ralston, as much as we had it, what an absolute screamer of a goal. Sometimes you just can't, you can't deal with that. Skins, what, three players? Smash it in the back of the net. It was yeah. just such an annoying goal to lose as well because we had so many chances to... To win it, you know, Halliday, Ralston sort of dummies it and Halliday just gets completely thrown by that. He, he should have went for the ball rather than, I think he was going for the player a wee bit. Um, we'll, come away. we'll come to him going to players. <laughs> uh, we'll come to it after. But because of that, then Halkett runs out of defence. You know, Suter's playing that sort of covering role. Halkett runs out and I think it was Edouard, maybe French Eddie, then plays it back to Ralston and you know, Halkett's then completely out of position. Kingsley tries to get a tackle at the edge of the box, but I think he shits it a bit because it's at the edge of the box. doesn't want to give away a free kick. And we only gave away, I think it was four fouls the whole game. We were quite good that way. That's class. Um, it was a bit of a bad attempt at a tackle for Kingsley. Benny then tries to slide in for the back to win the ball as a bit of a last-ditch tackle. And, and Suter comes across, tries to get in front of the shot, but it was just a bit... He just seemed to waltz through all these players and... Again, it's a good finish. Gordon can't do anything at that point. No. It's 10 yards out or something. He's smashed it in. Oh, well, fuck him and all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the real meet. Should it, Cameron, Andy Halliday, should they have been on the pitch? Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, standing in the stand, like, completely honestly, when we watched it, the game, we were very confused as to how it wasn't a booking at the time. I had him on a bet to be booked in the game. So personally, I was actually kind of hoping he did get uh, booked. As soon as they got tackled, I'm not sure you went, there's your booking. Aye. Oh, we were convinced. Aye. Like, and I, I think we may, having watched it back, I think we may well have got away with one. I'm not going to lie. It's, um, he's late, he catches him on the ankle. It's, it's, Aye. it's not a good tackle. Studs on the ankle and everything. It's not even yeah. like close. That's that's how you professionally foul though. That is perfect. If you pulled that off in a game, you'd be like, honestly, I should be getting bonuses for no getting red cards. <laughs> um, aye, and then Celtic got a goal disallowed, but that was definitely offside. No even point in talking about it because it was offside. We all seen miles, it. Miles off. What I do want to talk about though is an 89th minute winner against Celtic, first day of the season. John Suter, <laughs> all that time back. When was the last time he played in the Premier League? Season before the last one we were in it. Was he not out the whole of the last season that we got relegated? I'm sure I he got injured he at the s- end of last season, though. 
No, because he, he missed the whole of last season, came in for the last five games. And the season before that, the one we got relegated in, I think he got injured at the very start of that season. Was it the start of that season? I think so. Let me check. Well, anyway. He played, he played, um, he played, 17, uh, 17, he played seven games in the league in the 1920 season. So there you go. Would have been fucking early on. Aye. So good for him, honestly. He... He absolutely walloped that ball. Did you see the header maybe like 10 minutes before that when he was like coming on to it? It was like a volley header. And yeah. smacked it to the bottom corner and it was actually quite a good save by Scott Bain. Um, a bit of warning to come, but we brought on Nandi Wheelie, we brought on Peter Haddon, we had people like Suter and Halkett on. And the whole second half, I know I'm going to blow my own trumpet here, all I was saying was just get the ball in the box. We've got a much bigger team than them now. Just get it in the box. Um, it felt like... Did. It did feel like in the build-up to that, that we were starting to get a bit tricky around the box. There was a corner, or it was a corner, that we tried to play something off the training ground and end up back at Craig Gordon. There was another one where Haring had it on the edge of the box and could have had a shot and kind of held on it. And we were really at that point where it was like, look, you've got the ball, put it in the box. And, and we, we do it and then bang, there's, there's the goal. I've never seen three players free in the centre of the box, but Celtic done really well to, to allow us three, and I'm, I'm glad John Suter was the one who got his head on it. I do wonder, I do wonder, if if Scott Bain goes back to his line rather than standing in no man's land, whether or not he has a fairly good chance of getting to that ball. He's, he's completely lost. Aye, absolute shite goalkeeper. But <laughs> a good finish by John Suter. That's a good finish, yep. Good ball into the box from Michael Smith as well. Yeah, then, it was a lovely ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Sis was credited with the assist. The only assist of the game is Rolston didn't get one, and like you said, it was a near beat on tackle. Um, and then just the two wonder saves that we talked about earlier for for Craigie G save, saving us and winning us the game. What that this game kind of makes me think though is I still can't really like I was saying earlier I still can't really judge this Hearts team because this sort of iteration of the Hearts team with the sort of leaders in place and the management in place. We've always been good against the old firm and, and Hibs, the big games. Um, I've seen a stat that I don't think we've lost the last five games we've yeah, played. Not in not in um, normal time. We'll obviously lost the cup final oh, to Celtic, course, yeah. but Sorry. we haven't actually lost the game in normal time in the last five we played Hibs Rangers or Celtic. But in that time, we've not won a, a competition and we've also been relegated. I'm sorry, we won the championship, but we were only playing Hibs and Celtic in them, obviously. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of, I still have the same issues that I'll probably know more about this team after the Aberdeen and after the St Mirren games because they're the games where we've been dropping points consistently. Like, do you remember Stendhal's period? We beat Rangers and we all thought, oh, here we go. And then just nothing. I don't think we picked up a point after that. So, Cathro, Cathro managed to beat Rangers, but I don't yeah. get what it is. It's so yeah. annoying. Eh? So I think for me, it's about um, sort of being a bit reserved just now and, and seeing if we've learned anything from, from going down last season, uh, two seasons ago, sorry, um, and whether we can actually improve and, and sort of pick up these points. I obviously want to beat St. Mirren, we've not beat them for ages there. Um, but if we go there and play well and get a draw, I'm fine with that. It's just about banking up these points. And just being in a position that when the top six break comes, we're in the top six and we can sort of push forward. Um, I'm not expecting to win every game as much as I do think you should go into every game thinking you're going to win it. Yeah, we've got a let's say we've got a tough run in the next sort of few games are, you know, St Mirren, Celtic again, and League Cup, Aberdeen, Dundee United, then Hibs, 
and then after that you've, you've got Dingwall. I think none of these games seem easy. Sorry, none of these games seem easy. Sorry. I think it's it's a totally fair point as well in that Celtic, you aren't going to play a team. Well, I would be surprised if we played a team this season that have more possession in a game than Celtic did against us. And that allows you at times to hit them on the break. And and this team is built with wingers and wingbacks to be able to do that. St Mirren will not have 76% or 74% possession in the game. Like It, it just won't happen. And He'll when we've what? got more... But when we've got more of the ball, that's what we need to see. How has the team developed in terms of how it can break other teams down when they're, you know, when they're sitting behind the ball? I'm not saying they'll sit in in the same way that the teams in the championship will, but they certainly will give us the ball a lot more than Celtic did on Saturday. I think a lot of these teams will still respect Hearts enough and, and understand that the talent is is there. Um, that they'll probably do like a like every team seems to play a four five one, and the the iteration of the five in midfield changes. But essentially, when they're not got the ball, it's a four five one, and they just break on us, and it, it works every time. Well, it has the last two years, so hopefully that can change with um, our trip to Saint Mirren. Is it next week? <laughs> it's this weekend. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, I look forward to that. I hope we go and absolutely fucking batter them and all. <laughs> now, <laughs> you've been very patient and you've waited very long, but we finally have a little voicemail from our expat abroad, Mr. Jolly himself. All right, lads, like uh, just uh, phoning in because 50 episodes in that, like, uh, it's a fantastic achievement. You know, it feels like only yesterday you were we laddies, we are dreaming. Nothing better today. Well, I tell you, dreams can obviously come true. Hearts can win the championship. Real-life dinosaurs can be created in a theme park and then go on to run Scottish football. Scotland can score one goal at a tournament. And podcasts clearly aren't that hard. But there you go. Congratulations, boys. I'm, I'm so proud of you all. You know, putting your hearts and souls into this for the good of the Jambo community. Keep up the good work and I'll hopefully speak to you soon, eh? What a man. Uh, also, it's our 50th episode. <laughs> um, we've not got any fancy guests or anything. We just let our shite patter and great analysis do the talking. <laughs> <laughs> also, but to a, to a different person, uh, to Cameron, to do by ourselves. Well... There we go. I feel like I was expecting to come into this by ourselves, um, looking at this very differently to how I am looking at it now. That being said, we went and won the game. Doesn't mean that any of the stats actually came in. <laughs> I know. <No. laughs> so here's where we're at. We went with Craig, Craig Gordon, uh, keep his clean sheet run going. That was That, that did not come in. Hearts have over 46.5% possession. That didn't come in. Let me set so that sure. line a wee bit high. I was <laughs> so sure. I didn't think Selig would be, or I didn't think we would let Selig have the ball that much. The other one's being Boyce and Andrew both to start and there would be a red card in the game. So uh, all cells, lads. Um, only one of us took all of the cells and that would be Mr. McDonald, who is uh, currently <laughs> leading on four. Now... 
the world's went mad because if you want to flip it to the other side, Simon, you got one. I thought I got two. You bought the clean sheet record. Oh fuck! You, you bought the uh, <laughs> you bought the possession. You sold the two strikers and you bought the red card. So um, currently bringing up the rear on one. Jarve, Hammy, both on two. I picked up three. And then just to add to the interest, um, we polled both Twitter and Instagram on these. So it turns out that our Twitter following are clearly more cynical, but more on point than the Instagram group. Um, so Twitter scored four because they sold everything. <laughs> uh, clearly in the mould of Paddy. Um, and the Instagram people seem to be quite keen on the clean sheet record sticking, so they bought that. They scored three. Now, that was that was week one. So you always get an upset. You know, Paddy will come. He'll come back to the field. Be fine. Be fine. <laughs> that might be the only four he scores for the next five <laughs> weeks or something. Who knows? Who knows? Phenomenal, Paddy. So let's look at the Simba game. First by ourselves is Hearts to have over 11.5 shots in the game. Now, we had 11 shots versus Celtic. So it's whether or not you think we can go away and, and, and keep up that level of uh, intensity. Aye. This is a little honey trap, right? Because we notoriously always are very, very turgid in Paisley and get, make very little shots. But if we manage to create a living against a team with 74% possession, you'd surely think we're going to have more See, of the I, ball. And this is it. But maybe not. I But I don't think we, we might just pass it a bit like Celtic did. And like Hearts like to do. Just aimlessly <laughs> passing it about. I'm selling this. Oh, I'm going to buy it. I'm also going to buy it. And I will tell you that team captain Jarvie has sold it. Oh. oh. Ayrshire's making... Sorry, Benador's making them negative. <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to the possession piece, obviously we know we had 26% possession in the Celtic game. So the line is going to be, do we double that and get to over 51.5? I definitely. Yeah, I'm going to buy that as well, yeah. I'm buying. So we're all buying... Captain Jarve was another sell. Oof. <laughs> I mean, for a, I, I was expecting him to be in a far more positive mood considering yeah. we won on Saturday. He was <laughs> he was not on it when I sent him these. So he's still go. stung from the last time he was in Paisley. <laughs> well, uh, that was it, when I said that to him. His exact response was, "I was in Paisley last time." <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, obviously three goals in the game on Saturday um, so over 2.5 total goals sell I'm selling bye <laughs> oh it's went full flip here he's went all sells to all buys <laughs> I did predict that we were going to win the league with hunters of goals so he needs to he really needs to hatch the step up I am going to buy. And Jarvie, sell. <laughs> so the three people who actually went to the game in Paisley last time all sold it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and finally, the fourth one of the week, 
Um, I know we've had a lot of talk about where players fit in the system and how we might play against other teams. Obviously, you've seen the squad and the way we set up against Celtic. Will Robbie Nielsen make two or more changes to the starting eleven for the game against St. Mirren? Well, I think he'll make one. I don't know if we'll see Benny start again. Um, but I am gonna, I'm gonna sell it. Might put Mac and F in to try and create a bit more. Yeah, I'm gonna sell that as well. I might have signed a player. Oh, oh, as much as I'd love to see the two strikers, I'm gonna sell it because I don't think we will. Not off the bat. But this is the kind of game I would quite like to see it in. Um, Uncle Jarv. Again, it's a big sell. <laughs> sold them all. He sold them all. He's learning from uh, Pad. He is learning from Paddy. Let's. Uh, who knows? Maybe Paddy's got his weeks right. Paddy's not learning from Paddy though. <laughs> Paddy went all style, and now he's went bye bye, and he might be saying bye bye to his score. Dad <laughs> <Hey>, jokes. Woo. <laughs> um, and again, I think I think um, we'll probably put them up and and see what the. Uh, Twitter and Instagram community think about these and see if we continue to see one negative and one positive. Hi, we could uh, we could even get like two more participants, get Twitter and Instagram in, and uh, if they could be us, they probably be us. No me, but maybe (laughs) Paddy. Oh, I mean, you're you're three behind the the Instagram crowd at the moment. Oh, I think I was more than that last season. I'm I'm (laughs) Kelly Holmes. (laughs) I like to hang at the back. (laughs) Final sprint. That's an old reference. That shows we're old, day. What was that, like 2008? Four. 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 Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not going to lie. I think that's easily the best pod we've ever done. Um, thank you so much for joining us again. I don't know all our socials. It's like Hearts Podcast, I think. Broken Hearts, Hearts, Podcast. Hearts underscore podcast. Hearts underscore podcast. It's Hearts Podcast at gmail.com, I think, if you want to send us any funny photos. <laughs> Funny emphasis on the funny. Need dick pics. <laughs> um, and please write a, write a nice review on iTunes if you'd enjoy it. It, it does help us, and it um, it gives us a wee laugh when we see the reviews as well. They're always funny. And um, thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>